Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. To bake or not to bake? Free expression or civil rights? This is being an interesting time for religious liberty these days. Right now, focus is on a wedding cake that never was. Here to put a frosting on this topic is Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine. Lincoln, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, my thoughts are getting me into trouble lately. <laughs> and I, just this last week, I had several emails, some bearing on an article you wrote in yes. Liberty Magazine, yes. and some bearing on comments that I've made at different uh, venues and churches as I've traveled around. And first of all, I wanted to know if what I say is the official position mm-hmm. of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Well, that can't be, because I'm one person that works within it, and I hope I help determine views that my church holds, but I'm not my church, right. nor is my church what used to exist in the Middle Ages in another church, capable, not authorized, not even ever been inclined before to issue sort of edicts from the top. Yes. Uh, we have biblical principles, and, and individuals are to implement those in consistency with our principles. And this cake issue, as you pointed out, is not really totally one-dimensional. That's what makes it so debatable. Mm -hmm. And for those who may not be up to speed on this cake issue, uh, this was a Christian baker who refused to make a wedding cake for a gay couple's nuptials. That's what we're talking about here. The underlying morality might be, and this is really my point on this whole debate, Christians now, many of them, especially those who are politically active, are up in arms, ranting and raving, some of them losing their jobs or prepared to lose their jobs over serving cakes or other, not serving cakes or other things. But this is such an immoral situation when I don't really remember such a furor when, largely due to another Supreme Court case, the United States accepted as legal behavior the activities that gays indulge in. Right, yeah. I don't know how many of our listeners remember. The, the, the seminal case was Lawrence versus Texas. Mm-hmm. And it was a sleazy case to the limit because it was uh, neighbors called the police because there was such a ruckus, the neighbors called the police, who arrived to find a gay couple seemingly uh, oblivious to everything and fully occupied with their activities, howling and screaming and all the rest. And so they were arrested and charged with public indecency and, you know, and there were laws against homosexual behavior. That went to the Supreme Court, and I think the justices got all tangled up in competing rights and so on, and they, in the end, held that there was no authority to go and disrupt this behavior between consenting adults, not because they particularly were in favor of what they were doing, but to interfere was to remove their right of privacy. But effectively, it was the capstone on a long continuing effort by gay activists to legalize what to that point, at least as far as the public were concerned, was an activity of public restrooms and and police sting operations. And, you know, it was the turning point. And I don't remember a broad-based reaction from Christian voters. It probably was within their power to turn back 
public laws protecting this behaviour. And then once it was protected, it went further, granting to them what is most logical, things like inheritance rights, Mm -hmm. the right to be served in in businesses and so on. Mm -hmm. So rather than go back to basics, way too many Christians, in my view, are now reverting to the Pharisees' attitude as unclean. I don't want to deal with you. And I don't think that's as defensible a point as the underlying moral complaint, although even then, if society chooses to ignore it, what can a Christian do? Either stay silent if it doesn't impact their personal practice, and if it bumps up against their life and their practice, then they stand on principle and take the consequence. Mm-hmm. It comes down to that thing we've talked about before, where we want to impose our sense of morality on other people, and that's never been a good idea. No. Now, you know, there's there's a slight wedge on this that that people need to understand. You and I will say, and we repeat it over and over on this program, that my Christian morality, lifestyle, doctrines, or whatever, shouldn't be imposed on other people. I shouldn't use the power of law to impose on others. Right. Christian morality is not aberrant. You can trace it back in history. Its influences extend certainly in in the Christian West. They've influenced, or at least maybe a better word is they find a parallel in many public laws. So if in the United States, the larger voter uh, community act on this sensibility, vote laws that are concurrent with their Christian morality, that's fine. That's within the civil norm. But that's not what's been going on here. As the even the gay marriage movement accelerated, there was an effort by Proposition 8 in California by some Christians to shut the door on this before the majority voted it through. Yeah, exactly. So by very definition, it was designed to thwart what the civil community were were designing to do. Now, you know, that's against God's moral law, to be sure, but it's but it's against the principles of civil governance and the, the civil rights of all citizens. And I don't know why many Christians can't see that they're crossing the line into using force to compel someone to believe and act as they do, even though their belief and their actions are biblical and accurate and good. And the poison pill on it that I've said before on this program is is it comes more easily in this country than some because we still have this assumption that this is a Christian nation and and is an American exceptional country or uh, with American exceptionalism. Mm -hmm. It's sort of akin to, uh, you know, the children of Israel and the and the promised land and God's purposes being worked out through our civil institutions. And that's not so. He can, but only when they're in conformity with his will. But they have no charter from God. And as Paul said, the civil magistrate exercises the sword, yes, on God's behalf, but he exercises it. He's not God's swordsman. Mm-hmm. Oh. The theocracy in the Old Testament was when uh, and narrowly speaking, I'm not. I've learned even in my own church, not everybody is very well aware of Bible stories anymore. Yes. The theocracy was when they left uh, Egypt after the Exodus, and they carried the temple of God with them, and the Shekinah glory was present there, and God spoke directly through the Urim and the Thummim, you know, revelations, yes and no, and all the rest. And through Moses, He spoke. Face-to-face, literally almost, right? right? That's when God's will, purposes, and agenda were immediate. Mm-hmm. It was not a theocracy, in my view, 
later when that collapsed and there were uh, judges and there were uh, kings and so on. Not at all. God's will was not easily seen within the nation. And worse in our day when you have priests or pastors or or, uh, religious televangelists, if they had the power of law behind their particular view, we would have alternating persecutions of a thousand different doctrinal stripes. I wish that we could get off of this, you know, we are God's nation, to the point where we can have the priests, and we can have the pastors, and we can have all these these different people living side by side and loving each other and allowing each other religious freedom. Absolutely. And what I would like to see is what I've heard some members of the religious right praying in public, God, heal this nation. Mm, yes. You know, would that God would work on individual hearts and that there would be a moral healing in, on, on, a, on broad front in the community. That would create a cultural and a greater international power for the country. Of course it would. But you can't mandate it and you can't regulate it by civil laws. It quickly turns into not a theocracy. It falls into a religious despotism. And the genius of the United States that I'm not sure was fully thought through, to be honest, the genius of the United States is it cut religion loose from the state. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the, the only entanglement, or not the only, but the only major entanglement left, I think, is state aid. And nearly every case that you discuss, if you remove the issue of state aid, it becomes almost a non-question of religious rights and inhibitions and so on. So to get back to the the main story of this broadcast, the wedding cake, when the baker refused to bake the cake for the gay couple, he was operating within his rights to not bake it, and they were operating in their rights to ask for it. So where where, where do we go from there? What happens next? Well, he had a right, and people are getting things a little bit mixed. He's operating a public business. He may not have a right to act prejudicially toward them, and in refusing because he didn't like their, you know, what they represented as a lifestyle and so on, yes, he was breaking a civil law. Mm -hmm. Now, the penalty is a fine. He's not going to go to prison for it. He's not going to lose his business. It's what I said. If he, I think, this is just my personal opinion, in such a situation, if he's truly convicted, and, and, and at the end of the day, both before the law and before God, it's your tender conscience. If you're, yes. The Bible makes it very plain. For he that knoweth to do wrong and does it, you're culpable. But if you haven't fully seen the compromise, you haven't in many ways compromised yourself. Okay. But if he saw that couple coming in was so righteously stirred that he couldn't in all conscience do it, he should refuse. I have no question on that. Yeah. The question is, what is the remedy? And I think the remedy of of making that his right at all occasions to turn away moral lepers, that will go badly for any country. It differs hardly from in the pre-civil rights era when with a twisted theology of racial superiority and salvation issues, people would put a sign up, no Jews, no blacks, you know, and all the rest of them. No Hispanics, even. That sign was founded by someone a few months ago down in Texas, even into the 60s. We don't want that sort of dynamic to come back. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court, as I understand it, did uphold the right of this man to refuse these customers. Mm -hmm. But I I don't believe this issue is over yet. And, And I'm just a little sad for my fellow Christians who are pursuing the issue in the wrong way. 
we need to retain our voice to speak morally against all denials of God's system. Morality is a broad front from personal dishonesty to sexual sins and so on. It's not one thing. So I'm, I'm sorry that Christians, rather than speaking with moral authority, are seeking laws to give them the right to exclude people. I've got a quote here in an interview on this that I thought was very insightful. It says, as the enemies of equality continue to push a false God versus LGBTQ narrative. In other words, there's a people on both sides are sort of forcing this confrontation. This person said, powerful videos and issues like this are more important than ever to showcase what these laws are really about and how love and acceptance are key religious tenets. Mm, love and acceptance. That is Christianity. That is a demonstration of the morality that God wants us to bring to the world. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with editor Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.